For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 47. I am Matt O'Leary, joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing this evening? I'm pretty good. I'm into day three of my three uh, my full week vacation, and it's great. Except that means I'm now over the hump, and there are fewer days left in it than there are to begin with. Oh. That's a little sad. You're going with a little bit of a glass yeah, half-empty look. I'm just going to open up myself a beer to drown my sorrows on that, because that was depressing real quick. Okay, what, what are we drinking today? We are drinking uh, Boreal, which is a amber ale. Well, this this one is the, their amber version. Uh, a big red beer fan. Um, my wife got a bunch of SAQ gift cards. So SAQ is um, the Société d'Alcoolics Québec. So saying that slowly is really just like the Alcoholic Society of Quebec. <laughs> Although what they mean to say is they, they, they're just a society that sells alcohol in Quebec. It's like the government body that sells alcohol to Quebecers. So she got a bunch of those gift cards and we went and spent them on these beers. That sounds like a win. It's a big win because it's free. Free, baby. There you go. We're all about free here. So Mitch, you know, I got to do to you, putting you on the spot. Episode 47, who are we going with? I went with Rich Pilon. Who'd you go with? Uh, Andrew McDonald. Yeah, that's fair. I, I thought you'd go with him, so I went with, with the Pilon. Uh, he was there longer, right? 12 years, 60 points. <laughs> 12 years, 509 games, 60 points. The guy was not a goal scorer or a point getter, but my God, did he put up some penalty minutes. 242 penalty minutes in his first year in the NHL. This guy destroyed people. In 62 games. <laughs> that's that's nuts. Yeah, he put 31 penalty minutes up in 14 games the following season. That's he, insane. He only had one multi-goal year in his entire career. And it came with the Rangers. With the New York Rangers. Stupid Rangers. Yeah, so uh, not a lot to choose from, unfortunately, for number 47. As we continue to go along, I feel like it's going to get 
harder and harder. But, I'm uh, sure there's some, some barren numbers out there. Yeah, especially when we get uh, probably about like in the 50s and on. It's going to get a little bit more difficult, but it's still fun. It's a part of our gimmick. Yeah. Thank you, Hockey Reference. Yes, Hockey Reference coming in the clutch. <laughs> them and Cap Friendly. I don't know what I do without them. <laughs> oh, man. When when Cap Friendly was down for a day, I didn't know what to do. I know it's like Google went away. Pretty much. It's like the Hockey Bloggers Bible. So yeah. once you take that out of the way, it's not not ideal. So Not at all. Mitch, let's, let's get this thing rolling. We got some Islander stuff to get to today. Obviously, uh, a little article came out today from a former friend, now foe. We'll, some guy. Some guy will break that down. We're not going to mention his name right now, but you probably put two and two together. <laughs> we are going to talk about it, just not right now. We are going to start about with someone who is on the team. Yeah. Some are saying that I predicted this. I don't want to take credit for it, but I did post an article about him less than 24 hours before the signing, so... Thank you, Lou. And before any links, even, right? Like, we weren't even linked to him, as far as I can remember. No, we definitely were not. So, so uh, pat on the back for myself. Matt here. Stradamus over here. Even though I said that I wanted no part of him. So, we're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> we're going to gloss over that part. <laughs> and we are talking about Jan Kovar. Is it Jan or Jan? Is it a soft J? It's probably I'm going Jan. with Jan. I don't care. It's, it's Jan in my head. I, hockey I, reference. Hockey reference probably has something on that. The pronunciation of the player. I'm going to yeah. do it right now. See if you can find that. I'm reading it as the typical American and just saying Jan because that's what comes to mind when I see okay, it. He's never played in North America, so no, hockey reference doesn't have anything. Thanks it's, a lot, hockey reference. It's probably Jan. I'm sure. We'll go Jan. Uh, it's not the yeah. first time I've mispronounced something on this show, so we'll just roll <laughs> with it. Uh, so... One other, I'll start with this. The reason why I was so apprehensive about the Islanders trying to sign him was because I thought he would yield more money, especially when you look at you know, Radulov or Kovalchuk coming back over, and they both got the same AAV, which is $6.25 million per year. I thought he would use that as reference, as guys who put up a point per game in the KHL, and now they come over or come back to the NHL and they're getting in the $6 million range. I thought that's what we'd be looking at. I didn't want to go that high. And at only one year and $2 million, I feel a lot better about the signing. Yeah. I think there's something important within that argument that you're making with the Kovalchuk and Radulov example is that they played in the NHL before. So they were known quantity when it came to the NHL, albeit six or four years ago in Radulov's case. We knew what they could do at the NHL level, whereas with Kovar, we have no idea, right? So he has to demand less. True, true. I think if it was anything more than four, I think it would have been. Oh yeah, nervous. God, no, no, thanks. And that was like, my uh, expectation for the deal, just because I know he's coming off a bad year in 2017-18, but he is a point per game player at the KHL level over the last five years. So I thought it'd be more than two million dollars in one year. What was it, 286 points in 285 games or something like that? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty darn good. And that, yeah, last year he put up 34 points, and I think his year before that it was 63. So it was quite a dip. Yeah, it went from yeah 63 to 35, 23 goals to 7. 
Mm. Um, supposedly, Whoa. it has to do with his line mates changing. He lost. Yeah, I read that he lost both of his two line mates. So that that'd be like Matthew Barzal losing, I don't know, Beauvillier and Eberle in one season, and they give him I don't know, Nikolai Kuhlman and Matt Martin. Although I think they're both left wings. It doesn't matter. But you you get you get yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, obviously that would make a huge difference. So, what are your first? What are your thoughts on the deal being that it's only a year for two million dollars? We'll start there. Oh, beauty! It's it's perfect. It it, it follows with what he's he being Lou Lerolla has done with uh, Robin Leonard, uh, maybe not some other guys on list where he's taking a risk on players that might have a high yield, but they could also have a low return or a low yield, I guess as well. Uh, they could go either way. But he's banking on them doing more. He's banking. He's betting on their success, and he's paying below market value for whatever success he thinks that they'll bring. And that's great. That's exactly what we want. And even if he has a great year, Jan Kovar comes in has a great year, and he wants six million. We're going. Thanks. We're good. Go for it. Or at the trade deadline, trade him. Trade him. Get get something for him. All you would have lost is less than two million dollars, right? Because his salary would have been prorated. And that's amazing. He is waivers exempt, so he could be sent down. Right. So, like, there you go. Just if it doesn't work, you can send him down. Although I think they'll try. They're they're really going to try to pump this guy up. Agree. I I definitely I'm on the same page with you. So as we talk about that and pumping him up, what are your expectations for him? Oh, I don't want to be too crazy about it, but I really would love for him to put up 40 points. Okay. Uh, on the second line, second line center. Be, yes. Is that is that where you have him ranked? Or do you think that they're going to put him first line? Oh no, I don't think they're putting him first line. No. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just I've heard the argument that you might want to shelter. You might want to continue sheltering Matthew Barzell in the second pair. No. Or the second line. No. Um, what I do, I I move the Islanders' second line from last year and have that be my top line, and then I have Lee Kovar and Bailey as the second line. Okay, yeah. Because he played and was successful with a big-time goal scorer in the KHL and more of a playmaker on the other side. So I'm trying to recreate that success that he had in the KHL, which I think he could do with Lee and Bailey. And if you got a 40-goal scorer on one side and a 70-point guy on the other, I think I made the prediction of 48 points. I like that. Like You look at his... I. I've... I feel like I'm a YouTube scout. Like everyone else, you just watch the YouTube highlights, right? And you look at the way he plays, he being Kovar, he finds the space. He just needs someone to get him the pass into that space. And there's no one better on the team than uh, than Josh Bailey for that. Right. So I think lining him up is perfect for that. And he's he likes to go down the middle. His vision is down the middle. He's right at the net. So maybe having someone like Lee might not be the greatest, like, greatest fit for him, but Barry Trotz can work that out. Yeah, I'm definitely confident in Barry Trotz finding the right combination for these guys. It is going to be a little bit different for us having a competent and NHL experienced coach behind yeah. the bench. I know that's a really weird thought, but it's it's so true. And my 48 point prediction is only if he's has that like kind of playing time. I'm not going to obviously if he ends up being the third line or fourth line center, which I think is a little bit of a reach, but whatever. If he doesn't play a full season on that second line, getting a bunch of minutes, yeah, obviously he's not putting up 48 points. But Yeah, I think, so like averaging like 18 minutes a night type thing for 82 games? Yeah, exactly. And if he plays with like Lee and Bailey, if he's playing with like Ladd yeah. and I don't know, God knows who else, then 
Komarov. Komarov. Oh, maybe though. Like I, I don't. And maybe he, at that point he's he's fallen out of grace, and it's just it doesn't work out. Uh, I, I'm I'm thinking it works out. He's not the fastest guy. He's probably not the most skilled player, but he's definitely got skill and he's got vision. So I think those two things combined, following along with those two wingers, like you said, like Lee and and Bailey, who aren't the fastest guys either, he's not going to have to chase around Matthew Barzal, although they're both centers, so why would that even happen? Um, He's not going to have to chase around like a Beauvillier, or even an Eberle, he's a fast skater. Uh, He's not going to have to chase those guys around and get into position. He's going to be guys who are on par in terms of speed. Uh, so I think that's a perfect fit. Yeah, and I think that'd be a nice one-two punch, like that first line you could have out there, and they, you know, they fly around and are kind of more flashy. Where the second line still effective, but it's just a different style. Yeah, and it's the same thing we had last year. We just flip it around, right? The fa- the, the speed flashy line at the top, and and then the solid does everything right and is still pretty good, like elite even on this on the first pair. We just flipped that around this year. Right, obviously Kovars and Tavares, but I still think not he at all. Be, I still think he can be an effective middle six forward. Yeah, definitely, absolutely agree. I like the signing. I'm a big fan. So, like the the way the summer has worked out, it's it seems to have gone better and better every time Lou Lou brings someone in. Yeah, I'm definitely look. I think there's a plan here. I'm. I don't think we're anywhere close to what the roster is going to look like come October. I know people are freaking out because you got. A million six uh, fourth liners, yeah. and like that's fair. I get that. I'm 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 kind of on board with it. it. It's not inspiring in the least. No, but I still think like we should give them the benefit of the doubt that there's going to be a change in the next three months. Oh sure, yeah. He like before the season starts, this roster is going to have maybe a player, maybe someone else that's going to be different. But I think there's also the idea that this is still like he said, and we're going to get into this maybe even now. We can transition into it this is still a learning process. He still has to learn what's around and what's there. He might know, but he needs to know perfectly well and know, get gain perfect information on what he's got around him. And I, I think this season is just kind of, okay, let me bring in what I know and what, what could can work to at least keep us competitive. And then let's figure out what we've got and what we can do with what we've got. Okay. So do you want to get into some of Lou's quotes now? That, sure. Okay. So for me, one of the things that he said that stuck out the most was the the individuals quote. The oh yeah, individuals win. Did you get it tattooed yet? No, I don't have any uh, tattoos. I know you're like the oh. tattoo guru yeah. over there. Um, I don't like needles or blood, so I'll probably pass. I, out. I hate I hate needles. I pass out every time I get blood draw, blood drawn. Every time. Me too. Oh my god, we're like the same person. But tattoos, no problems. No problems whatsoever. I can't wait to go for my next one. You're gonna wait. Gonna, where are you going to fit it? Well, I have one on my leg right now, and I've got to finish that, and then I'm going to get one probably on my other leg. I was thinking of putting it on my ribs, but oh, man, PSA right now, the ribs. It's not the ribs. It's just like the fatty part just above the hip bone. Oh, worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Probably worse than when my wife delivered her babies. <laughs> well, our babies. I hope, I hope she's not listening. You she's just it. upstairs. I'm sure she's in earshot, so... God, if yeah. Mrs. Anderson <laughs> comes downstairs, we know why. It was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, and I've broke my collarbone. So let's just say that. Okay, so we're going to want to avoid tattoos on 
or around on, the ribs. On, yeah, any fatty area. Like my brother's got one on his butt. Says it was the worst pain he ever felt. So for all you people out there who haven't got a tattoo, get one anywhere you want. Just make, just be careful when you get it on a really fatty area. And I, I'm a skinny dude. I don't have a lot of fat. And uh, it's still, oh, anywhere that there's a little bit of fat and no muscle whatsoever, killer. All killer, no filler. Some 41. That's right. There we go. See? On the same page. <laughs> so, Lou, um, so just for reference sake, this is him speaking what, days after Tavares left, mm-hmm. and he's on Sirius XM uh, NHL Network Radio, and he's speaking to, I don't know who the hosts are because I don't, I don't listen to the show very frequently. Obviously, because they never speak about the Islanders, uh, and he's 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 just speaking about Tavares and and really just the process as a whole, and that's when he says your favorite quote. Yeah, that's the one that stuck out the most to me. Um, I think it's it's very cliche. That's probably right oh, next God, to that yeah. is there's no I in team. <laughs> uh, you know, all everyone's favorite quotes. Um, but but there's an M and an E. <laughs> Pipes up, Josh saying in the background. <laughs> You're out, Josh. <laughs> um, no, but I, I like that attitude. And that's the attitude that you have to have, especially when you lose someone like a John Tavares, because everyone's going to turn to him and be like, all right, well, now what? And he's going to say, well, hold on a second. There's still another 23 guys here that are going to play every night. Like, it, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Then that, that's what I take about it as well. It's just there's no one bigger than the crest. That type of quote, just like you play for what's in front of you. You don't play for what's on the back. Um, and that, that's great. That's exactly what the team needed. That's exactly what we needed to hear. Right. That's how we, we felt. But we needed to hear that from management. And I think that's the greater theme of the entire uh, moment or the entire just soundbite or the 14 minute conversation he had was it's going to be OK. Maybe not right now. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Just chill. I, I got that vibe too. I, it, it might be a little bit of a process here. Obviously, when you lose someone to Paris, that's expected. But I am confident because of who is running the organization. I would be. If Doug Waite and Garth Snow were still here and Tavares left, that I would not be nearly as optimistic where I am right now. I'm, I'm confident yeah. that the stip. The ship can be steered in, in the right direction. I, I'm confident that they have a plan here in this retool or rebuild or whatever it is you want to call it. I don't think they are tanking this season. I don't think you pay Barry Trotz all this money to come in if you're planning on tanking this season, trying to get Hughes. But um, it, it might be not what we expected this year, but... Uh, I'm confident that the future is still bright. Yeah, I'm sure that's. I'm sure that makes sense, and I'm sure that's what that's what's going to happen. Uh, if Garth was still here, doing that, would you be out there on like Hempstead Turnpike with a bell and a sandwich board saying "The end is near, the end is nigh"? Would that be you? Yeah, it, w- it would have to be because we had the bet with the Coliseum. So if Garth was still that's here, that's right. Ah, oh, it would have been so good. Oh man, um, uh, I think you're right. Is that it's going to take some time, and we 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 both have confidence in the person who's behind the bench, not behind the bench, but in in the big man's chair. Uh, and it's not because he's like the world's greatest GM right now, today. 
Um, that's probably Steve Eisenman, I, w- I would say, yes. arguably. Yes. Um, but the guy knows what he's doing, and he's got a plan, and he's got the gravitas to pull it off and even bring people in, which is something the Islanders don't have or haven't had forever. They've never had the person in the chair that has command- that can command a room. Lou has that. Is he going to be able to build a Stanley Cup winner ne- next year in 2018-19? Probably not. But he's going to do one heck of a better job than Gar Snow ever did. In his sleep, he could have done a better job. Right. Like, there might not be as much talent on this roster right now, but I think that there's going to be one a culture change for sure. I think we're already starting to see it. And especially with Barry Trotz, they're going to play a cleaner brand of hockey. Yeah, well, I don't know about cleaner brand necessarily. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a rough, a rough time out there for other teams. Um, but we're gonna have a guy who can actually actually put out a strategy instead of these guys that are learning on the fly who are coming in saying, "I don't know anything about the NHL. I don't know how to coach it, but I'm gonna bring my AHL mentality over and see if it works." That's not how this is supposed to happen. No. Like, sure enough, eventually someone's got to figure that out. Someone's got to come in and fresh off the off the streets, essentially. But you you want to be at a team that eventually brings in a guy who's got that Stanley Cup mentality, and we finally have that. So I I think yes, this kind of sucks right now. But I think the only reason Lou went out on the radio or SiriusXM was just to tell everyone, chill. It's not pretty, I know, but chill. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, it was kind of like damage control. Uh, it Absolutely. Has to be done. It definitely had to be done, and I think he did a really good job of calming everyone down a little bit. I think so, because it's all about managing expectations, right? Whereas we went into the season before he was even hired thinking, okay, we need to take a step forward. We need to take a step forward. And then he was hired. Garth was like, go. Barry was brought in. And then Tavares left, and we're like, whoa, this is not stepping forward material. And then he started bringing Valtteri Filippola, Leo Komarov, Matt Martin back. I love Matt Martin, but like that fits a mold. And you're going, this is not contention. This is not competing. And then he said, I know. You're absolutely right. Just chill. And we went, okay, okay, fine. As long as this is the plan, as long as this is the idea, we're okay with it. We don't want another guy half-assing it out here. No, and that, and that's the thing. It's not like... We have no idea. You're just picking names out of a hat. You know, <laughs> like there obviously is some sort of plan. And I know I'm not. A, I don't agree with every single one of the signings and the terms and the and the contracts and whatnot. But I respect this man. He's done. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. He turned Toronto around quickly. We know what he did in New Jersey. I'm fairly confident the Islanders are going to be okay in a couple of years. Agreed. Um, on that note, one last thing. I know it's not in our writing order, but it came up recently. Uh, what is your thoughts on maybe Mark Hunter coming in? And what would he be coming in as, do you think, Matt O'Leary? Or uh, Matt Stradamus? I'm just going to call you Matt Stradamus from here on in. I like Matt Stradamus. I can roll with it. Um, there you go. I'm okay with it. I guess what some sort of assistant to the general manager. I don't no. think so. I think he comes in as GM. Really? I have this inkling. I I could be wrong, obviously, because what do I know? I'm not attached to anyone. It's just something about the fact that they went from Garsno, who was president and general manager, as well as he had another title, I forget, um, to a president and general manager in Lou Lamorello. Again, 
there's a big difference between Lou and Garth in terms of even just success. Lou's got the three Stanley Cup rings to uh, Garth's one playoff series victory. But the owners, as soon as they came in, the two majority owners, Scott Malkin and John Aldecki, when they came in, all they wanted is that separation of power. They didn't want to consolidate one person. Right. What makes you think they didn't say that when they hired Lou? Um, because Lou knows what he's doing. I guess. I, and that, that's why I'm just kind of like, I have, I have no conviction beyond behind my statement. It's just something I keep thinking going, it would make sense if they brought in Mark Hunter as a GM. We know he wants to be GM. We know he was in the running for GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and he only got kicked out by a guy who's probably a little bit smarter than he is. Maybe. But he's still probably second best to Kyle Dubas. I don't know. I'd like that. That'd be pretty good if you had Lou up top and Mark Hunter under him. That'd be great. Yeah. As like a tag team, kind of. Absolutely. And like, Lou sees how it can be done. How a president has ultimate power and has the final say. Like, he's seen Brendan Shanahan do it in Toronto. Doing the exact same thing. No, you're right. I think I think well, that would be interesting. I, I never really thought of it like that, but I think you could tell me on it. Okay. I just wanted to spitball. I wanted to get that out of there so I didn't have to, like, write up charts and maps and look like a like, crazy person in my basement. I'm like, He's going to be the GM. Oh, my God. I just – I have this inkling that maybe that's going to happen. Okay. Uh, I like Again, it. absolutely no conviction behind that statement whatsoever. I don't know anything, but it's just – it's just a gut feeling. I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything. I have a mug there on the shelf that says, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Just replace the Jon Snow with Mitch Anderson. Mitch Anderson. Same same concept. Same concept. All right. Do we want to move on to uh, fan favorite and Eyes on Isles favorite? Oh, yeah. Our boy. Our boy, Brock Nelson, friend of the pod. Uh, he's going to be going to <laughs> arbitration, it seems. Yes. He's filed for arbitration. He's filed for arbitration. So my question to you is yep. not what do you think Brock Nelson is worth, but what do you think Brock Nelson thinks he's worth? Oof. Um, A lot more than we think. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So Calvin Ahan wanted $5 million last year when he went to arbitration. Or that's at least where they started the negotiation. Let's make this clear. Arbitration is a negotiation process. So they're going to come in high, they being um, Brock Nelson's camp, and the team's going to come in low. That's just how it's going to work. So he might come in at five, and the team might come in at three. And then they'll find somewhere in the middle. That's probably where the arbitrator will go. Um, but if they sign something, who knows before that. I think he's going to go, like, are you asking me what he is going to file for arbitration? In terms of what his, high, his like, benchmark salary is, his top, his top yeah. line? I think five. Okay, I was gonna say four point five, so we're in similar range. Yeah, and maybe I went too high on that, and maybe he he's just like going way too too way above the ceiling. But I think he's gonna shoot for the moon, and you know, worst case scenario, you land amongst the stars. Hey-o! That was so late. I had too many beers today. You need to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what do you, what do you you, you saw four point five? Yeah. Why do you think four point five? Like what what do you think Brock is thinking his worth is? Because I, five is just like too ridiculous level. I think Brock is self aware enough to know that he's not worth five million dollars. But I think in the four to four point seven five maybe 
Because that's a big raise for him, right? That's two to $2.25 million a year he's getting extra. Well, if he goes through arbitration, it would just only be a one-year deal. If the arbitrator throws the gavel down, that's my gavel sound, and uh, and and bestows his decision upon Brock Nelson and the New York Islanders, it's only going to be for a one-year deal. Right. Um, well, he did make uh, 3.5 last year, right? Was it three? I thought it was 2.5. We should probably look that up now because I yeah, let's it was- look it up. I'm pretty sure I thought the same thing that it was like three point three, and then I had to look it up because I was I was wrong. I I'm pretty sure it's two point five. Let's scroll down. Yeah, two point five million dollars AAV last season. His base salary that may be what you're thinking was three point five million dollars. Okay, um, so he brought home three point five million dollars, but his cap hit was one two point five. Okay, so his cap it was two point five. Yeah, so I think he tries for a two million dollar raise. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, now, is he worth it? No. <laughs> Do you want to breathe between that for a second? No, you are waiting. You're waiting for that. Um, you don't have to put a whole lot of thought into it. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Brock Nelson isn't worth four and a half million dollars. Twenty goals, averaging forty to forty two points a year. That's pretty high. You're being facetious, right? You're just doing this to get me mad? Yeah, I'm being facetious, obviously. But, like, that's what he's going to do. He's going to argue his case to say, no, I'm a 40-point player, and I'm a 20-goal scorer every year. That's what I'm good at. That's what I do. Give me the money. Show me the money! Show me the money! (laughs) (laughs) That's what he's going to do. And the team's going to come in and lose. going to go, um, so, uh, no, what happens between uh, December and March here, Brock? <laughs> Looks like you don't show up. Do you need some vitamin D? And re- he's going to say, you know what? How about this? Four million and you throw in a supply of vitamin D and we'll yeah. call it a deal. And you'll get your production. We'll, we'll get you one of like those UV beds. So you just like charge up with some sun during the year. <laughs> you gotta strap him down to a solar panel once a week. Like just, just give him something. Um, I think honestly, that's what Brock's gonna do. That's what he has to do. That's his. That's his job at this point is to plead his case. And the team's job is to come down here and knock him down a few pegs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's usually how these things go. And as you said, they're gonna start high. Brock's camp and the Islanders are gonna be low. But where do you think they end up meeting? I think they and if they go through arbitration all the way, you're saying, yeah, because they, they they could sign a deal up to the eleventh hour, right? Like they did with uh, Calvin DeHaan last year, right? Um, if they go through arbitration all the way, I think they go somewhere on a three point five to four million dollar deal. So I, I think they stick at three point five. Okay, I'd like to get them at three point three. Eesh. I maybe maybe. He had a bad year, and the team might successfully argue, like, you're not going to play center, which is your natural position. Although, to be fair, I prefer Brock Nelson as a winger than a center, so that's even better. Spoiler Uh, alert, he's a better left winger. He is. He's so much better at that. Um, The team's going to argue you're going to be out of position. You had a bad year last year. So the arbitrator's going to look at that going, he's pretty steady. He had a bad year, and yes, he's going out of position. I'm going to cut in the middle. 3.5. 3.5. Yeah. I could see that. That's what I think. Um, 
But honestly, though, next year with Brock Nelson, I'm looking forward to Brock Nelson next year because he's not going to play center. Unless Jan Kovar poops the bed, he's going to be playing on the wing. And Brock Nelson is a much better winger. Way better. His shot is amazing. He needs to utilize that. He ha- he doesn't need to worry about about playing 200 feet. He just has to worry about taking the, the, the puck up the lane and into the offensive zone. Or the center does that and passes it out to him as he's open. Boom! Into the net. That's what Brock Nelson should be doing. That's amazing. That's perfect. It's utilizing his skills perfectly. Okay. I ha- I have an idea if we're going to keep... Ooh. If we're going to keep Brock Nelson around. Is this a mad hot take? It, it might be, but I, I think it, it'll end up making sense. Okay. If you're keeping Brock Nelson around. Yeah. You have to put him with Josh Hosang because that's when he was most productive last year. That's true. Okay, that's the take? That's my take. Where where are they going to put him, though? That, like, Where are they going to put Hosang? Line number three, my lord. My lord, I like that. You've never um, seen Shrek, I guess. Uh, once when I was in high school because it was the only G-rated movie we could rent. Oh, you're going to feel really old. I remember remember seeing that movie in the theaters when I was six years old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the day I saw it was the first day I was hung over in high school. So that's how cool I was. Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, Wow, there's a big age gap here. Uh, let's just like exasperate that. Oh my god. Anyways, um, I don't, I don't know if they can bring in Hosang because I, I think they're gonna bring in Bellows. I, they should. Um, and I, I don't see space on the team for Bellows and Hosang. I and don't. We're, it's not really in our running order, but I, I think it's important to discuss. Okay, I, I, I will counter that and say I don't think there's room for Bellows if you keep Nelson on the roster either. Because Bellows and like Hosang are symbiotic to you? Um, no, because I don't even with Nelson realistically on the roster, I don't think Hosang or Bellows are gonna be on it. So let let me write this down on my table. I've got so first line, we have what? We have Bo the kid as uh the man who was shall our name lame nameless called him. Barzi the kid and Eberle, right? Yes. That's line one. Line two, we've got Lee, uh, we've got Kovar, and we got Bailey. Yes. Right? Okay. Line three is what? Philpula in the middle. So big Phil. And then after that it gets it gets uh what I would want it to be is Bellows and Hosang, but that's not what it's going to be. It's probably going to be Lad and Nelson. See, that's just, like, that's just it. Like, they can't, how are they going to even bring in Hosang? They can't even bring in uh, Bellows, who's a better player. Right, and then you have uh, Komarov, Sezikis, Clutterbuck with Matt Martin as the 13th forward. I, I don't know. I think I'd put Komarov the 13th forward. I would rather that, too, but he's making $3 million. That's true. Over four years, you're right. And Ross With Johnson, too. modified no-trade clause. That's right. Ross Johnson for four years. Oh, my God. So, Komarov, third line. Um, so, Komarov, and I don't know where Lad fits in. So, or, or or Nelson. That's what I'm saying. That's what I went with before. Like, there's too many p- 
pieces in the in for the forward group. There's gonna be moves being made. It's too. It's impossible. Do you know how many times I tried to make line combinations this week? It's impossible. I okay. So here's here's what we got so far. Line one: Bo, Barzi, Eberle. Uh, line two: Lee, Kovar. I'm still getting used to saying that name. Bailey. Line three: Komarov, Filipula, Ladder, Nelson. Although, like that's that's the off wing for both of those guys, isn't it? Yes. So we'll have to switch that somehow. And then there's Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck with Johnson being interchanged with Martin. Because really, that's the same player. Yes, one is just one and a half million dollars cheaper. Yeah, exactly. So I, I and then there's still, like you said, there's still Bellows. So maybe he's destined for the A, and there's still Hosang, who has been in the A for three years now. Hosang needs to play. Yeah, so does Bellows, though. I, I agree with you. I wanted... You know the line that I wanted so badly. I know. I know. It's not happening, though. So the line was what? Bellows, Nelson, Hosang? No. On line three? No. 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 Who is no. your center again? No. Don't ever mention that name with Bellows and Hosang. Please. <laughs> that was facetious. It was Bellows, Beauvillier, and Hosang making a combined $2 million and change. It's called the effectively cheap, new and improved kid line. <laughs> I like it. Oh, we got to think of a better name than, than that. So it, it's, oh God, Bo, Bellows, Ho. Bellbo, Ho? No, that's not fun. I don't know. We'll think of something. The Kaching line, because they're saving you some dollars. The BBH line. The BBH. Okay. Um, I don't... Anyways, let's move on to something else, because I don't know what we're going to do with this, this stupid... Maybe that's for next week. Next week, we'll both come up with our own rosters, and we'll have to explain why we're not including someone, because we're going to have to click someone out. Okay. I don't know how we do it. Yeah, and that it's going to be difficult, but yeah. We'll figure it away. Um, Let's move on to... We were just talking about all our fourth liners. Playing with an old school feel. One of our guys, David, wrote it this week that the Islanders are going to play a new, well, new to the Islanders, old as in outdated version of hockey. There is it? Go. Is it new? No, it is not. Is really. that really just what Jack Capuano did for six years, seven years? Um, I guess, but come on, puck luck and and, and battling hard. That's that. That was. Capuano's M.O. from day one. Yeah, I think this third line that the Islanders are going to run out there, though, is going to look more like a fourth line than what oh, absolutely. the, what, than what the uh, Isles had in those Capuano years, even with Kuhlman on it. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Because, like, could they even have a line where Matt Martin's playing on the third line and Ross Jotten's on the fourth? Like, they can't. That sounds stupid. But, like, I don't know how they're going to work this out. I, I don't know. Obviously, like Komarov, like the lineup I have written down here makes sense. It's just not awe-inspiring because we're not bringing in this this high-quality youth that we keep talking about, and that's very much in style with the or in, yeah, in style with with the play that you're suggesting. That it's not going to be a fast, it's not going to be a high-octane team. It's going to be a low-octane, grinded out with a little bit of skill up top. And by that, I mean specifically only Matthew Barzell. Well, I mean, Eberly, Bailey, Beauvillier, Lee are pretty darn good hockey players too. 
Yeah, that's true. They were right. I just until I see Kovar in action, that that's the big that's what I'm worried about, is that center position on line two. Yeah, that's gonna be their weakest link. They have a million wingers. It's just uh down the middle. Yeah. So are you excited for this like bang them up style of play that they're gonna be playing next year? No. No? No, I'd rather like, them play a fast brand of hockey. I'd rather them be winning, but if they're going to lose, and if they're going to try to remain competitive while they try to sort out the roster, I'm okay with this. As In terms of an entertainment product, I'm okay with this. You think it's going to be entertaining? Are you kidding me? You have either Matt Martin or Ross Johnson on the roster. Someone's getting hit, and someone's getting hit by a truck every night. Well, at least last year they were scoring a million goals. True, I, I know, but like we lost an 84-point player, so and we didn't replace him with an 84-point player, although it's not like we'll be able to do that. True. Uh, th- I don't know. I I guess I'm excited. I like that Matt Martin's back. Yeah, that's a fun story. I mean, the f- best fourth line in hockey. Uh, Leo- yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's not inspiring, right? Like, you're not inspired. No. And I don't think we need to be, which is fine. That's not the point. The point is just to, he's just trying to at least solidify the bottom six. Let's do the basics, right? Let's play some tough physical hockey because let's be honest, it's a tough physical game. Let's do that right. And then let's figure out how we get to the best part, to the better parts, the, the, the higher echelon, the, the finesse side of the game. Let's figure that out later because that's the harder part to figure out. Right, and at least, like, look, if they are better on the penalty kill, their bottom six is a little more productive, they play better defensively, they win more face-offs, start doing the fundamental stuff a little bit better. There it is. Then I'm I'm okay with it, yeah. I think, like you said, fundamentally this team will be more sound. It's going to be around the edges, like the quality parts. The, 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 the elite players, we're going to have to find them somewhere else. As we build this up, we're not going to be a leaking 291 goals against this year. Was it 291 or 296? I always forget. I thought it was 293. Now, see, there, there you go. It was in the 290s. We're not going to be that team again. No. Uh, we're also not going to be the team that scores 260-plus goals for eighth best in the, in the league. But we're going to be a team that's going to do the basics right and basics well, and it's going to be hard for you to beat us. I'll sign up for that. Yeah. So we might have like a similar similar year as last year, and we lost 84 points. And by similar, I mean in terms of the points. Yeah, but I'm hoping there's like, to take some positive signs out of it, maybe Ryan Pulak explodes for more points. Maybe Barzell takes another step forward. Uh, If Lee gives you anything close to 40 goals, if Bailey gives you... 60, want, 70 points. Like, yeah. 50 points would still be good. Yeah, I don't need another 70 points. I mean, obviously, that's great, but if he yeah, gave you 60... If he gave you 60 points for $5 million, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. If Filpula, Komarov, Kovar gave you something, I'd be okay Bonus. with Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If Leonard's good... Oh, man, that'd be great. That'd be really good. That'd be a bonus. Uh, Mitch, we teased it early in the show. Do you want to get to the letter? Yeah, let's let's get to him. Let's talk about him again. So, although I say that like I'm I'm mad, 
We have to talk about it. Yeah, we can't we, not talk about it. We do. We have to talk about it. Uh, John Tavares finally wrote the letter we've been awaiting. <laughs> Ten days later, Mitch, when I read it, I had to pause because I had to go on the air. Um, I only got halfway through. And well, you mean we, like, yeah, that you had to go to sleep because you'd been spending all day reading it? Uh, pretty much. I I did a word counter because I was curious to see how long it was. 4,276 words. That is long. I, I have, I know you don't really like talking about this guy anymore, but I do have a lot to say on this. I didn't like this at all. Really? I, at all? I, it brought back a lot of raw emotion to July 1st. I think he was reopening old wounds. I liked the parts where he talked about the Islanders, but I, and I could tell some of it and a lot of it really was coming from the heart, but it was really not well written at all. It, it was well, bad from a writing standpoint. Yeah, look, but let's be fair. It's Tavares. Like he's not a writer. He's a hockey player. No, but I listen like, his his Achilles heel we know is the shootout. He stinks at it. So yeah. shootout is the Achilles heel on the left side. On the right side, it's creative writing because it, it is <laughs> atrocious. Um, and like, I'm not going to judge uh, the writing. I don't really care about it. I I just thought it read like someone who like I don't know. Okay, let's let's not. But I just take- I think that was the point, right? It's supposed to sound earnest and honest because it, it it's written as a guy who's just kind of like. Give me a tape recorder. Here I go. Now, uh, ghost right over here. Just type it up. Typey, type, type. I really think that's how it's supposed to be read. I I guess. I just didn't... I didn't like how that came... I didn't like how that came off. Okay. How did it come off? Like, what do you mean? Like, it it came off like it was lazy or clumsily put together? Oh, very clumsy. I I don't think it it was lazy because it was a lot of... A lot of words, obviously, 4,000 plus words. He put some thought into it. That whole, like, Montreal anecdote, that was a good one. I felt like I was there in that closet with him. I just thought how it was constructed, it kind of ended up going all over the place. And the real yeah. part that I hated was when he basically, he, he sugarcoated you, talked about, oh, so how much he, he loved you. And then I was like, oh, wait, but here I love somebody else more than you. And now let me hype them up even more so and explain why I love them more. Now, this, this is what he gave us. He gave us the, it's not you, it's me. Yeah, and that and it didn't help, basically. I, it's not helping with the closure. It reopened it, actually, and made me feel worse. Yeah, like, it, it didn't help me necessarily. I think, like I told you when we were texting earlier... This really just made me feel like he reaffirmed everything we already knew about him. I really wanted to go to Toronto. I liked it in 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 New York. Uh, this was a tough decision, and I just wanted to go back to Toronto. That's all it was. He just beat around the bush for four hours trying to make us feel better. It, it's just you're not going to make us feel better. You you can try, and and it worked. People got closure out of it, so good. That's good. I think at this point, it just kind of like just. I don't think there's anything he could have done to make it better. There's nothing he could have done to make it better. So if some people got a, got closure out of it, then mission, mission accomplished, you know, mission accomplished banner, George W. Bush styles, like it worked. Yeah. It just didn't, it didn't work for me. I, that's fair. I, 
like I said, I liked some parts of it. I liked when he talked about um, how much the fans meant to him and describing them, how he went into this long. Can we talk about that for one second? Like I had, there was something that bothered me about that a little bit. Yeah, go for it. And and it plays into like the Toronto bias a little, a little. Whereas, and he talks about how the Islanders faithful, as we're called, um, they're they're a generational fan base, as if like that that's something novel. As if he didn't think that there was any fan base outside of Toronto that did that. Because later in the piece, he goes and talks about how his dad kept him up late at night to watch an overtime game against the St. Louis Blues where Doug Gilmore scores behind the net. He goes and explains that in detail. I was three years old when I saw that because my dad made me see it. I didn't even know anything about hockey, but my dad made me see it. You're describing something as if like that was something you, that didn't exist outside of Toronto. Like, oh, oh, people in New York? have fathers or mothers or family members who show them hockey and they turn them into fans? Oh, I had no idea. Oh, guess, wow. Guess what, John? Some dad probably had their three-year-old stay up late for double overtime in game six against the Florida Panthers, and they mm. probably had that same experience when you put one in from behind the net. So oh, it goes both oh, ways, buddy. I didn't think of that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. So, like, it was just, it was kind of like, yeah, that happens. Like, why is that such a novel thing for you? Why does that stand out so good for you? Or, or why is that such a big deal to you? Because it happened in the for the Islanders? Because you got to, to witness it when you're at the Coliseum? Cool, I guess. Just, it feels weird when you say, oh, wow, I didn't expect people to be fans. I got, The one thing I liked about, though, is when he talked about, like, when they're really bad early on, and he still talked about, like, how the fans still were came out and, and cheered for the team and were loud and stuff like that. They were that. crazy. Crazy. He, he mentioned the word crazy about 16 times. We're, we're very crazy in his eyes. Uh, Which so, is both maybe a good thing and a bad thing, although like after you use it 16 times, maybe it's not a good thing. I, again, I'm not winning a Pulitzer Prize anytime soon, but probably a better writer than John Tavares. I would have used a different word. I would have went with passionate. I think that has a better connotation than crazy, but it's just that's just me, yeah. and I'm I know I'm getting a little nitpicky here, but I did I don't know if offended's the right word, but I I didn't like how some of the things he said made me feel. Okay, like what? Let, let's delve into this, Matt. Let's let's heal a bit. What didn't make you feel good? Um, uh, being called crazy, him going into why he likes Toronto more, him being all over the place with his words, his metaphors were just bad. It like I don't, I don't know. I don't want to come off as like some bougie guy who thinks like oh, I'm an elitist writer or anything like You're that. You're very pretentious right now. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. Be. I just didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't, just believe it. I just couldn't. Con- I couldn't connect to it. I think that's what I was looking for when I opened ah, it up. Ah, there it is. I wanted to have this one final connection with someone who I looked up to, one of my favorite players growing up, just one of my favorite players in general, and our captain for goodness' sake. And it was just like the ramblings of a crazy person. I couldn't relate to that. Okay, fair enough. Um, th- yeah, the story in Montreal felt weird to me. Like I-, I get that that was his first memories now, and that's what cemented his 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 uh, his link to this crest on his chest. So I, I kind of get it. Uh, I would have liked to have heard how he felt when he finally broke that 23 year deadlock of no playoff victories. Cause again, like you said, he's the one who did it. He scored that goal. Um, I, I kind of was hoping to hear that, but 
What what I di- what something I did enjoy though is a quote about Jack Capuano, where he says there is he's thanking people here at this point. He says there was Jack Capuano who came in after Scott. He had just thanked Scott Gordon as his first NHL coach and how yada yada yada. Uh, came in after Scott and was one of the key guys really. Really, that's the important word. And helping me take everything to the next, to that next level. Really. As if like, no, no, believe me, guys. Jack Capuano was good. Like he's got to convince us that Jack Capuano's got qualities. Because he knows, he knows, because he's been there, Jack was out of his element. Right. And that, like those little uh, like throw in almost like jabs along the way. Because there's a couple more examples of that. I, I'm not going to pull through another... 4,500 words and try and find more examples of it, but there were on my first read. Um, where it, it, Some of the stuff almost came off like he was jabbing still. Yeah, this, this isn't a jab. This is him being honest and being like, no, no, guys, Jack was good. Don't worry about it. But he wasn't. We know he wasn't, John. You don't need to try to convince us for this. You don't need to take the scapegoat. You're done here. You're gone. Don't worry about it. Jack is gone now. Jack isn't around. We're good now. We know he wasn't any good, though. So you don't need to qualify it by a really. That's not going to change anything. Yeah. That's true. So, um, there's a few other things. I, I just want to mention this, one, this last one. That's all I'm going to mention is that I absolutely was Pajama Boy. He knows, obviously, because he wrote it. Um, but that, that didn't get lost in the social media shuffle. Like Tavares very much knew about the Pajama Boy thing. Oh, and it, yeah. it affected him clearly. It did, but well, I mean, what is he? What is he going to expect? You know, I, I had issue with him tweeting that picture out so quickly in the first place. Anyway, it's like five yeah, minutes I after. Just, it just seems like something Tavares wouldn't do. He'd never go to that level. He just kind of, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not going to even talk about it. It's not going to be there. It's not going to be a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. That's not going away now. He did not help this go away just by like owning up to it. Like, yeah, I'm pajama boy, whatever. Okay. We know this affects you now. Guess what? When he's here on, what is it? February 28th, I think is the first day at the, at the Barclays Spinners when Toronto comes in. They're going to be shutting up pajama boy. Pajama boy is going to be yelled out from, from everyone. Okay. I, I agree. And I found the quote that I wanted, wanted to share with like the anecdote. There's a lot of things that he put in quote, uh, in parentheses, for instance. Do you think uh, he air quoted everything while he was dictating this? Yes, I definitely do. <laughs> the line is, I also know there will be still be some people who think I strung every everyone along, although my free agency, uh, throughout my free agency, sorry, just to get attention. And then parentheses says, I didn't dot, dot, dot. And if you know me, this one's pretty funny. Like those kinds of like comments, it's just like, I, it bothered me reading it. I didn't, I didn't like it. That's fair, I guess. It, it just almost, sounds like he was like breaking the fourth wall on his own writing, and it was just like, what? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was eh, whatever. It is what it is. I, I it didn't bother me. It was, it was, it's very much a Tavares thing. It very much fit. I think reading it, I, I, I felt like he was reading something to me. So that, that's fair. I didn't, I didn't connect with it. It didn't make me feel like, oh, everything's good, John. Don't worry, next time you come in, beer's on me. Like, no, no, it's, I still don't like you. Um, but I'm, I'm at peace with your decision. I was at peace the second you made it. This didn't help anything. It didn't hinder anything. It just kind of, like I said, it was, it reaffirmed everything we thought from the beginning 
And by beginning, I mean July 1st when he announced he was going to Toronto. Well, I think I had my expectations too high because I absolutely love the Posos from a couple of years ago. And I love the, the one uh, Mike yeah. Bossy did too, I think, last year. Yeah. that The letter to himself. And this one really fell flat for me. Yeah, but then again, it's Tavares. Like, you're talking about a flat guy. Right? Like, what did we expect out of him? True, but then is you would have think, why did he ramble on for 4,500 words then? Because he's trying to get everything out there. I don't I don't know. I don't know. It was fine. I, I gave it like a, a C plus. It's fine. It didn't make me change anything. And, and I think that that's the overall sentiment that I saw online. It's just like kind of, great, good job. I don't necessarily care anymore. I'm still heartbroken. Whatever. Again, it's just, it's the it's not you, it's me. When someone breaks up with you and goes, oh, you're not the problem, it was me all along. I wanted to do something else. You be you. You're you're amazing the way you are. Don't change. It's, it's still like, you still left me, though. You still left me. That still hurts. I know. I, I've been there. Done that. You still don't like me for me, but you like this other person for what they are. It still, it still hurts. Even if you say, like, yeah, yeah, but you're still a great person. Not great enough, it seems. Not good enough. That's the key point that you yeah. got hit on. We're good, just not, not good enough. Not good enough. Anyway. Mitch, you got anything for the social segment? I've got nothing. I spent all my time looking at this 4,000-word Tavares tomb. Tome? Okay. Tome. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, it was magnum opus. Yeah, he's not dead. Jesus. Um, I had one thing. Did you see the Leo Komarov quote that was floating around uh, on Twitter? Yeah. Okay, yeah, go read it out just in case someone else didn't, didn't read it. Okay, so I'll read it out. Um, I'm going to go back and get the exact one because I want to – I don't want to do anything. I think it was something along it. the lines if um, – I uh, found it. How does he feel if, if – with Toronto – sorry. Does he think that Toronto is now a Stanley Cup favorite with John Tavares? And he's like, yeah, of course they're favorites with John Tavares I unless something terrible happens, something yeah. like that. He says, I'm sure the Maple Leafs are able to win the Stanley Cup with Tavares without any problems. Yeah. I know, it's so, okay. It's, it's what, do you, weird. what do you take out of that? I thought it was weird. What's weird about it? It sounds pretty straightforward. I'm sure the Maple Leafs are able to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, aren't they? Sorry. Going into the season right now, today, who are your three favorites to win the Cup? And if Toronto isn't on there, explain yourself. No, it's Toronto. In 4,000 words. Toronto, Tampa, and I don't know, another, a third team. Nashville. That's what I'm going with. Sure. Um, but yeah, of course. So that's why he says it because like, well, you just, you're down the middle. This team is stacked and they they have two of the best young wingers in the game. They have an okay starting goalie and they have an okay defense. That should be good enough. It came off as very weird to me, though. I, yes. It's not like... I didn't take it as, like, they could win the Stanley Cup. It's him saying, like... The Maple They're Leafs. locked on favorites. Yeah. They will win this Cup. It's just weird because that's where the team that he just came from. Yeah. It's so like wouldn't if, he know that more? Wouldn't he have a better insight on that? But why are you talking about them, even? Someone clearly asked him. He's not just like... Hey, does anyone want to interview me about the Toronto Maple Leafs? Okay. I used to play for them. So, He's not on Atlantic Avenue, really, like yelling this out. So, what do you th- what do you think the question was? 
Do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs are now a favorite for the Stanley Cup with John Tavares? I'm sure that was the question. Like, okay, I, so, I, I'd be willing to quote that even. So, what would your answer be? Yeah, of course they could win the Stanley Cup. They just picked up John Tavares down the middle. They're one of the strongest teams in the league. Okay, that that, that reads different than I'm sure the Maple Leafs are able to win the Stanley Cup with Tavares. Yeah, but he's not going to say, like, we have no chance of winning the Cup. This is a guy playing for another team. I don't play in the NHL. He plays for the Islanders. He's not going to say, like, yeah, write us off for the Cup right now. We're losing. Woo! No, he's going to say, like, every team's got a chance, but, like, they have a better chance. I would would have said the Maple Leafs have as good a chance as anybody. Okay. Well, you know, maybe you're you're better versed in PR than Leo Komarov is, it seems. Apparently so. And maybe he's like, maybe it's like a Finnish thing, the way that they Finnish people speak. So you're going to sell me on language barrier again? I That's my best option. That's all I've got. Whatever. It came off. <laughs> I didn't like how Whatever. it Whatever. Between that quote and the Tavares article, I did not have a good day. You did not have a good day. No. no. Sorry. Maybe tomorrow will be a better Players Tribune day for you. Hopefully. Maybe Not, LeBron will a word his like goodbye Cavaliers. I loved you for the second time. Oh God! Do you think he writes one? Uh yeah. Why not? Sure, he, he'll write one. Sure. Yeah, he he write can write. One. I think he will. I think he will. Okay. I don't think he does. I don't think he cares at all, and he shouldn't. He's LeBron. What does he care about? No, that's that's a fair point. I I just I could see him writing one, not a four thousand word thing, but <laughs> no. something, something quick. Yeah, a couple hundred words. Um, all right. Anything else that you want to hit on for today, or you want to start wrapping it up? No, I'm good. That's all I've got. I think we've hit on like five different topics here, so I think that's pretty good. Yeah, we hit on a bunch of stuff. So if you are listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please subscribe so you can get notifications every time we, that we post a podcast. It also helps if you rate and review the show with our searchability. So if you take a couple minutes to do that, we'd certainly appreciate it. Please do so. As always, uh, be sure to give us a follow if you're not already on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Give us a like on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Download the app so you can get push notifications anytime an article is posted or visit the website if you're more comfortable with that, eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, another episode in the books, episode 47. Now I got to look up who wore number 48. It's going to stay up all night for this. Okay, you might have to. I don't think it's that many people. So off the top of my head. Mitch, I hope you have a good rest of your week off. Thank you. You have a good rest of your week not off. No, I get to work even on Saturday and Sunday this week, so I really hate you. Although, actually, it's my brother's wedding, so it's still work, kind of, I guess. No, it's not really. I get to get drunk, so yes. You'll be having a good time there, and congratulations to your brother, too, of course. Perfect. Um, You've been listening to episode number 47 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll talk to you next time.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.